Now she is, Captain. Isn't she a beauty? Yes, she is, Mr. Scott. Is she ready to go? Aisa. She's ready to go to the stars. This is the Tri-Tech Games Podcast. It's mission to seek out new ideas, find new games, and to boldly bring the awesome to your game. Mr. Scott, Warp 9. I Captain. And now, our host. This is Bruce. This is John. This is Trav. This is Pixie. This is Goth Bunny. Welcome to the TriTac Games Podcast. Your podcast of thinking you've got great things to do if you could just get out of this cupboard. You are fringe-born, Harry. <laughs> Welcome to the TriTac Games Podcast. This week we are talking about being a fringe-worthy explorer and finding yourself in the Harry Potter universe. Uh, we have Goth Bunny and uh, Professor Josie, who are going to school us in all things Harry Potterish. And uh, some of us have read the books, some of us have watched the movies, some of us have even been to the wiki. But uh, we're going to all be listening to the law as it is, uh, because Josie's been working on it. And we know when Josie gets something between her teeth, she's not going to let it go until... So we're all going to be potheads at the end of this. Potterheads. 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 <laughs> it's it, Potterheads. Yeah. Just say his oh, you're getting. Oh, you're getting some full shade here, son. I'm just letting you know right Potheads now. Potheads are something completely different. Not that there's anything wrong with them. Just yeah, yeah. All right. Well, there's probably something wrong with potheads because the potheads I know actually wear pots. <laughs> wow. Okay. Mm, yeah. Well, you know, they're tr- they don't want their brain waves to be read by the aliens. <laughs> oh, I thought that was tinfoil. You know, some people are willing to work with tinfoil. Other people want to have a little bit more. You know, you know, was it number fifteen? You know, uh, steel. You know, around their heads, just in case the aliens come with a little bit more. Th- because when the aliens come with a probe, they're they're gonna they're gonna fight them. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. You did it. No, it's not just for that. <clears throat> it's also a homemade hard hat in case your house falls down on you. Well, all right. <laughs> and videos of how to use them are available on YouTube. Okay. <laughs> Basically, uh, chasing this horcrux in the line, you know, back to Josie. What you got? Yes. <laughs> all right, Professor. All righty. <laughs> Crack them knuckles. Let's go. First off, this is the first one we've found that actually fits a prime. Yes. Yep. To date, Pokemon, Zelda, and Spyro and Crash Bandicoot, we've all put on alts. This is now following along in your portals books. I believe this would be portals either one or two. Positive 79 Prime, Wizards University. Looking through this. Now, remember, Rich wrote these Portals books one and two back when, Bruce? Late 80s, maybe? Yeah, long time. Oh, yeah. And if you read the blurb, and I'll, I'll read it out loud now. Wizards University. In this world are mundanes who do know magic and fear it. They are the majority. In the minority are people who use magic and are known as wizards and witches. In their mid-20th century, there is an undercurrent of mistrust. The portal opens on the grounds of the Midwest School of Wizardry in South Bend, Indiana. Here is a large but very private place where teens who have the talent learn spells and greater magics. Now, it did not take the clue by for for me to see this. I go, you know what? This sounds very Harry Potter-like. I'm not a fan. I will say this. And I've already told the women here and Bruce and John, I have not read the books. The first movie, meh. The second one put me to sleep. 
I do not hate the Harry Potter fandom. It's just I, it's something that did not apparently interest me. But yeah. I know a connection when I see one. Oh, yeah. yep. oh by the way, it's Positive 79 Book 1. Yes, thank you. Positive 79 Prime in Portals Book 1. Yes. Now, this started out, Josie, as when we were working on the Pokemon. When a- this was, this started out as while we were running the Pokeyearth campaign at the, I believe we were running this at the con. So this oh, was, so at Con on the Cob. It, it, this was at Con on the Cob, and it was a scribbled note in my binder. Fringeworthy meets Harry Potter. I'm flipping through just to refresh my memory on what's going on with the Pokemon world, and then I find that and go, huh, well, here's a new topic. Oh, yeah, and it was funny because two weeks ago, Josie's crashing here, we're working on this. I'm getting schooled to 2 a.m. Sunday morning talking about this. Just, we're going, the, the train is, you know, full steam ahead. We're just, okay, all these different tangents. And Josie has her notes that she has compiled on this. You know, she's throwing Harry Potter at me. I'm throwing Fringeworthy back at her. It was like an insane tennis match. So, yeah, I think we're ready for this. And we've gone down several different avenues of how each would influence and change the others. This is another one of them chocolate peanut butter moments here that Bruce refers to. So we're going on the on the predicate that and, and we've established this before that Bureau 13 Earth would have been discovered in the late part of the early campaign, maybe year four after fringe discovery. Yeah, definitely after the first set, because um they are not listed as the you know anybody who's within the you know the 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 introductory um, uh, alien core. So yeah, so we're figuring very late in the early campaign, maybe year four, year five. So we're figuring that if this were to happen, well, seventy nine prime, that's going to be well into the middle campaign. I'm thinking maybe at least ten years after Fringe Discovery, you're going to be getting out that far. Yeah, it's either going to be uh, middle campaign or or um, or even late campaign. Okay, so it's it's fair to say that you might have on your team because in Fringe with the D twenty you have the feat latent mage, where you could in the Fringe with the D twenty game start taking because it's based on D twenty modern, you can start taking the mage class, which is the modern day equivalent of the D and D wizard, where you have scribe scroll and you're using spell components and whatnot. It's safe to say you might have had somebody who's dabbled in magic. They may have taken a level in mage or wizard if you're using like the current Pathfinder rules or modern adventures from Panic Productions. So we're saying on this this predicate, you might have a dabbler in magic on a United team. And then you come upon this prime. This is what we're going on this thought experiment that Josie and I have just started cranking away on. So yeah, yeah John, well, I was just looking at where the, um, uh, all the portals are. And yeah. one of them says Midwest school, which me to me says that's probably the American school. It is. This is South Bend, Indiana is part of the text at the very top. Yes. We were getting yeah. to this. Yep. Yeah. No, I'm actually referring to the Harry Potter. No. One. Yes. We we link this to that part. Yes. Yeah, because Harry Potter one is actually in New York. No, no, that's where the magical. That's where the that's where the magical Congress resides, and that's with the setting of the movie. Yeah, John, let 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 Josie let Josie do her thing. She's got it all handled. All right. Never mind. Uh, (laughs) Just be patient. I'm sure she'll uh, she'll enlighten you. Stay with the syllabus, John. (laughs) Don't use the imperial curse on me. All right. All right. Imperious. Yeah. No, it is Imperial. I'll use the Imperial well, curse. I'll butter you up. Else, anyway, but yeah, Imperial. Anyhow, but yeah. Anyway, <laughs> just... Yeah. Okay, the I, I, Midwest school is named... All right. Because of its location and the fact that even this map isn't very clear, this one is Ilvermorny. I-L-V-E-R-M-O-N-R... M-O-R-N-Y. Yeah. Not E-Y, but uh, Y at the end. 
Ilvermorn. Ragmop. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. That is the American school, yes. Which here they, because it's indistinct, they said South South Bend, Indiana. We said, why not? Now, as I read in the flavor text, the, the, the the blurb at the beginning, it says the warp opens right in the midst of the school grounds. Right. So this is on school grounds. Each of the schools, and and by now there's 11 of them that are confirmed, each of the schools are protected by various ward layers, keeping them hidden from the outside world. This portal is behind those wards. So this means somebody coming through that portal... They bypass all the they wards, bypass they bypass all the all sigils. The concealment. Boom. Oh. They're they are neck high in magic land. Yep. Yep. Or what's the term? Strangers in an unholy land, as it were. Yeah. Yes. Okay, now you make it sound so bad. <laughs> in some situations it can be. Yeah. Um Well here here's my thing. I started asking Josie about this. Okay. Because I mean, I'm I'm throwing things that are like, okay, what's the cosmology of this world? What all? What other dimensions are there? What type of spells would they have to access? So I mean, I'm saying, okay, we all know that, and this is fringeworthy canon. All of you fringeworthy fans have known this for a long time. If a portal is buried, it will manifest a rainbow warp in the nearest open space. Now, if that means that there is this rainbow warp. 25 feet high in the middle of this school of magical learning. Except the warp is off. But there would still be a portal generator down there. Yes, down there, but it doesn't necessarily manifest a warp if it's off. Okay, yeah, because it's, it's all, the, all the portals are listed as off. Yeah, as a matter of fact, they're, they're off for the entire node. <laughs> oh yeah oh okay yes that's what the book says yeah this is operating under the assumption uh, this is operating we're taking this from a prospect of what if they were on well yeah but you can also turn them on I mean this if this is the middle or late campaign at some point Idet may have turned them on to see what was there and not turned them off right and then that, and then you're then you're in a situation where all of a sudden there's something to detect. Well, because didn't we also say that psionics, even if they are not fringe worthy, can still detect a portal nearby if it's active. Okay. I mean, one one thought that's crossed my mind yeah. is that they know about the, the you know the basically the, the the high council where I forgot what it was called knows about the, the portals. And they went and said, okay, you, you can see that? You can see that thing? Yes, okay, here's a crystal key. Here's this key we found. Close them all. We don't want anyone coming in. So basically, uh, hope, that means they have to have at least one ring station they can actually come back through and then close it from that side. Um, that's the thing. We we are manifesting <laughs> that all of these are warps. Hmm. Doesn't say they are, doesn't say they are. So we're going on the, the foundation that they are all warps. And then some. Then someone closed it down for them. Then, from the sounds of it, then. Yeah, like thousand years ago when they when we had when we had the the bomb go off. Yeah, yeah, the logic bomb that the Mellor set off would have locked them down. This was. All right. Yeah, that that thingy. Yeah. Oh, and it's so, also the 1950s, so it's about it's several years after what are you the fantastic. About? It says in their mid 20th century, John. Yeah, 1950s. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Fine. So, well, no. It's, yeah. yeah. Point. Right. Point taken. Floor, yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, I, I withdraw my objection. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Which means it's a few years after Fantastic Beasts. Yeah, about twenty-five uh, years. Yeah. Yeah. But before Harry Potter. Yes. Right. Yes. We're still. Harry Potter doesn't have until. We're still about thirty years out from Harry. Yeah. When, so when is when is this frog born again? Is he born like in the seventies? No. He's no. he is born. 
We're okay. still about we're it's still about thirty years out from that. Yeah. Oh, this this means this is the the fun time where Voldemort is having fun. <laughs> Not quite. Not quite. Not quite. I think there's still a few years before Voldemort's rise. I think yeah. I think Voldemort may at, at most be at school right now. Yeah, I think he's still in school. Okay. Yeah. Which means he's there on the property. If you go to Ed, uh, Edinburgh, if you go, if you go uh, to Scotland to Hogwarts, yeah, he's at Hogwarts. Yeah, if you go to Hogwarts, you'll see Tom Riddle. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So, saying that the portals have been opened, either a fringe traveler could have opened them, or I United comes along with a high enough crystal, opens these portals. Now. That was what we were yes. working with. Now, Ilvermorny has this portal on their grounds under their courtyard. Well, you keep saying the courtyard. I, I think I say the courtyard, too. Uh, I would say... Opens on the grounds of Midwest School. That doesn't Liz- say in the courtyard. Cor- okay, so it could be like outside, like just outside the walls on the property or something. It right. could be in the gym. I mean, they have gyms, don't they? Gyms are usually big enough, to, you know, 25 foot. Yeah, it would fit inside a gym. Well, the grounds yeah, we're, could be we're, like... It, baseball field? The they're Americans. Defense. Yeah, somewhere on the campus. <laughs> but we are predicating again that these are all going to be warps. Oh, so they're all going to no, be I know the best place. I know the best place for a show up is in the Quidditch field. They would definitely have to move the Quidditch pitch after that, oh, but yes. yes yeah. <laughs> Why? It's, it, it, it's not fringe-worthy. It's not going to affect anything. No, um, let us get to that part and you'll understand. Yeah, now we, we've deduced... Now, Josie's told me that there are, as well as these... Effectively, the students and faculty of these various magic schools... In D&D terms, would be sorcerers. They have inborn ability. Their learning is to learn how to control this inborn ability. Uh, let me get down to the Pathfinder rules. They would be sorcerers with the arcane bloodline. Now, from what Josie told me, there are other bloodlines that come in, but we're going with the base just, students. They are arcane bloodlines. Let's just go with the baseline thing. Yeah. So you have... Also, she's told me that there are psychics on this world. Um, Professor Trelawney is the most prominent example. Yep. So he's he's not a she. She, she is not a what I would call is, a finger wiggler. So she she's is also a finger she wiggler, a but she is also psychic. So class wise, she would be a sorcerer scion. Yes. Yep. Okay. All right. <laughs> So we all know that the portals can be picked up by those with psionic potential, even if they are not fringe-worthy. This has already been on previous episodes of the podcast. So let us say somebody fires up the portal from the prime platform, and they fire up the Ilvermorny one somewhere on the grounds. That psi, it's going to ping instantly. Whatever psychic is close enough to that, they'll... They'll pick up on it immediately. So, John, would that still be the 100-foot range? I'd probably say yes. I mean, basically, telepathy and and various side powers really aren't that long range. Uh, Telepathy usually can get you longer range if you have a connection with the person you're you're trying to talk to. Otherwise, it's I would say, yeah, 100-foot range sounds about right. Same as the visual for the rainbow warp. Okay. Yeah. All right. So... Somebody's on the grounds. Let's say... Uh, continuing with... Well, let's say this does pop up right in the middle of the Quidditch pitch. It could yeah. pop up during the game. Ooh. Because everybody's gathered there for the Quidditch game. You're going to have a psychic gonna... in a crowd somewhere and all of a sudden, so, boom. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Now, we know that the fringe portals are made of biotech. They are effectively a very advanced computer system with the ability to breach dimensions and also transmit languages into those coming through the portals onto the Earth by collecting the major spoken language within a certain area. 
Yeah, of course, by this time, it wouldn't be a person coming through. It would be the wind-up. Well, that's fine, yeah, but I'm still saying <laughs> the portal, by the by, the psychic that would pick up on the portals being activated would realize if they do enough, you know, psychic probing, like, okay, probably has the intelligence of a pet, and it has these abilities. It breaches dimensions and also can transmit full idiomatic use of a language to whoever comes through. Yep. This is a very powerful biotech construct. Very powerful spell. They would see it as that because... They would see it as a spell. The problem is if, they, if the sources were to come up and detect magic, it doesn't radiate magic. Right. It's not magic at all. That's the thing. They'll see it as a spell until their spells prove it's not. Right. Then they won't know what the hell it is because wizards in the Harry Potter world are actually very ignorant to the advances of technology. Yeah, it's almost like they've left tech behind. Now, we've talked about this, that there may be a tech magic antipathy There may toward be, each other. but it could also be centuries of cultural brainwashing. Right, it's just like, yeah, if you're going to become a, a wizard, sorcerer, you kind of have to leave technology behind and kind of go old school. Yeah. Right, like Victorian era stuff is yeah, what but it's commonly compared to. Yeah, yeah, but the Weasleys, well, yeah, but the Weasleys flew a car and then drove it afterwards. So, well, so like the Weasleys are, are far more tech savvy than your average. That's wizard. mostly that. That is mostly Arthur Weasley, and, and he is seen as eccentric at best. And he technically wasn't allowed to do that to the cock. Technically. Technically, yeah. he wasn't. No, he was not technically allowed to do that to the car, but he, he did it anyway. All right. I believe there was some loophole that allowed him to do it as long as he'd... Yeah, it was a loophole that allowed him to enchant it, but not use it. Ah, okay. Yeah. So, they pick up this portal. They determine that it is not a magical device in any way, shape, or form. That it's actually... If in some ways, a stationary living construct that has these abilities. It breaches dimensions, right. it transmits full idiomatic use of a language to whoever comes through the portal. Mm -hmm. Now, we have gone on the predicate of you're going to have a novice finger wiggler on an eye, on an eye debt. Right. Somebody who may have trained for a little while on Bureau 13's Earth or they may be from an alien core world that has magic and they've decided to join United as like, oh, okay, fine, I'm your French one. I'll join. What? Or Trav, or they're basically, they're, they're the reverse of Major Talbot. They're a bureau agent who turned out to be fringe worthy and a magic user. Yeah. That could and, be decided, that and they decided to join. I mean, if it's 10 years later, who knows? Maybe, you know, Bureau 13 is still a big secret, but fringe worthy's not. Well, the thing is, is that any whatever their origin, they're going to effectively have a level, maybe two, in Let's just D20 D20 Modern Mage or D&D Wizard. They're going to be a novice arcane magic user who is through weeks, if not months, of arcane study is able to manipulate arcane magical power. And they are on a on a Unita ident. Well, so you're assuming that, a this is a low level team, maybe fifth level, sixth level, in party in, in individual character levels. Then yeah, yeah, and that one character might have at the most two levels of wizard. Yeah, at the most, if not probably just one, but enough to know basic spell casting. Here's where things get a little complicated. As we've already stated, there are no D&D wizards in the Harry Potter universe. They're, they're as per sorcerers. It's either you have it or you don't. Yeah, there's no... Yeah, on this world, you, you, you're you studying to become a wizard is they, to help command the internal power within you. Yes. You still can be muggle-born. Okay. Here, here we go. Lean... <laughs> All right, Muggleborn, pure blood, half blood—those are all terms to denote their ancestry. That's mm -hmm. it. There's no functional difference 
between any of them. Okay. All right. So, so if the Malfoys can trace back into history, and they'll be, you know, they have their little muggles in their back in their history. Then, if they trace it back far enough, but they really don't want to do that because it would ruin their whole pure blood thing. But what if this? Yeah. What if, uh, and I came up with this. What if it's the exact reverse? Right. And this is an interesting theory, but it's just that. Okay. What if originally there were only wizards and witches on the world? That there were no muggles. But through some a weakening of the world's mana or excessive inbreeding, people without that ability started being born. Squibs, without the ability to use magic like their like their family, they were cast out of the community and and because start their own communities and and their descendants are called are, muggles. Are muggles. Yeah. Under this concept, that there there are no true Mungleborns, it's the descendants of Squibs having the magic returned to the family line. Yeah. So it's a matter of dominant and recessive alleles, yeah. to use the genetic term. Yeah, but yeah. Based, on, based on the hair coloring and, and the appearance of most Malfoys, their family tree doesn't branch very far. They probably marry first oh, cousins. No. <laughs> yes. A lot of the pure blood families like the Malfoys did do a lot of inbreeding, but and then and in some it caused unst- instability and madness. Crab and Goyle, perfect example of the effects of inbreeding. Yep. Okay. Both junior and senior, by the way. Okay. So, <laughs> anyways, we have this Unita Idet come in, and let's say because. Now we went on the thing that the that the portals have been on for some time. We're we're going on this thought right. experiment here. Right. We're assuming that this may be the first time that Unita or Ident or whoever is actually investigating these, but this was made as if the portals have been there for some time. They've already been found by the people of this world. Okay, so what we did was that since there is one right there on Ilvermorny's grounds, they would start, okay, between psychic and magical divination, they would start, you know, exploring this, and there is a chance that they may even unearth the Ilvermorny portal. And because it's still on the school grounds, it's within their... It's, wards and sigils of invisibility the, and non-detection. Yeah, it's within the ward matrix, so it's completely hidden. So mundanes, muggles would not find that there's this fringe portal. Nope. Okay, what if a fringe portal they were to go by and they were close enough? The would it wards, still be hidden by the wards? It would because the wards extend out pretty far. Okay. Because it's not only protecting the school, but also the magical creatures that live on the grounds. Okay. The wards so, extend pretty far from the school itself. So which, what about locate Fringeworthy, which is the crystal key power? Is it being, is it, is it blocking that? Okay, that so is, you're saying, let's say if somebody, let's say if somebody outside the school were to have a crystal key, would the wards and all that block the crystal power, the power of the crystal key to locate yeah. currency. No, it- because it, it would not block that because the wizards do not know of it. They can't block what, what they, they don't do know. Not ah, know. Uh, okay. And not, not just locate fringe rate, but locate portals. That actually is one of his powers is yeah. locate portals. Yes. They would be able to, they would be able to, okay, it's in this direction, but if they're not magically inclined, they're not seeing anything there. Yeah. But they would set something there through the key. Right. Yeah. They they could still pick up the fact that there's either fringeworthy in that direction or a portal there, but that kind of implies if they ever find out about these connections, they could sever them with their magic wards, which means you stop speaking the language. Hmm. You know, it sounds they'd like they have to be able to affect the. They'd have to be able to affect the thing itself. Yeah, John, John you get the language as you go through the portal. It's not like it's like linked to use as some kind of a feed. 
No, you 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 know it or you don't know it. You get okay. it, it. You get it fully dumped, data dumped into your brain, and it stays with you until you go back through the portal onto the platform. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's that. how the gift has always worked. As least it's as not least a far connection as I know. with the portal itself. It's there. Yeah. So, anyways, we have the Ilver Ilvermorny portal. They would probably want to excavate. To them, it'd be like the coolest archaeological dig ever. We oh, yeah. found this living construct the portal closest, with a ramp on our grounds. The closest thing they would equate it to after determining it's not some sort of spell effect would be a living construct. Well, because the psychic, any psychic that would scan it would realize... It's a lot. It yeah, has some it's biotechnology, yeah. They wouldn't know that term. Well, fine, but, but still, they would realize this is some type of living construct that has... Yeah. Dimension spanning powers and yep. the ability to bestow language on those who come through. Yep. So they, this would be the coolest archaeological dig in the magical community ever. So as the portals are found, the Ilver Morning portal would be unearthed. That one would end up being the full ring station. Because it'd be basically unearthed with a ramp going down to it. And we also discussed that because Ilvermorny found this, and through divination they would find the other seven portals, The other, all, all magic schools would know, okay, in these locations you have these portals nearby. They're very close to the school. Now, we figured out, based on the portal list, we will go through the various portals here. Now, Midwest School, Portal 1. That's Ilvermorny. That's there. Boom. Now to Rostov Imperial Russia. Now, I will be the one pronouncing this name because Josie spelled it out and I had to pronounce it to I was her. like, uh, I can't pronounce this, but... It is the school in Russia known as Kodostretz. This is canon. If you look on your Harry Potter wiki or Pottermore, it's there. We're not making this up. I have a list of where all the current named schools are. That one simply says it's in Russia. Now, people listening, our locations for them may not be their final canonical location. Pottermore is getting consistent updates. Just putting that out there So this now. is what, Pottermore.com? Yes. Okay. All right, number three, Edsel Ford Factory, Michigan. No school nearby, but you know full well Ilvermorny's going to be keeping an eye on that warp, too. Portal four, Bordeaux, France. There is a school in France, Bobatons. Yes. It's spelled Bobaxtons, but the X is silent when you pronounce, so it's Bobatons. They would be knowing about their portal. Number five, New York City. Oh, no, no. That's another one Ilvermorny would be keeping an eye on. Portal 6, Saragossa, Spain, which we looked, and I want to say it's north eastern Spain. This is like north and east of Madrid. Over near the, and I'm blanking, the Pyrenees Mountains, like just south of the Basque region of Spain. Number 7, Edinburgh, Scotland. Potterheads know exactly know what's there. I don't need to say a word. And number eight, Voxna, Sweden. There is a school there called Durmstrang. So out of these eight portals, five of them have schools nearby. Thanks to Ilvermorny's uh, excavation of that ring station on their grounds, those other four schools would be quite vigilant of the portals near them. The other ones cannot be unearthed because that would endanger the international statute of secrecy, but they are, they have various monitoring and alarm spells set up. If people go near it, if someone comes through it, because it, it's a portal, it has to go somewhere, right? And due to the divination, they would realize that all of these portals lead to the same place. Yeah. Right. Actually, I can imagine that the one they unearthed in Ilv Ilvermore, I mispronounced Ilvermorny. it right. Ilvermorny. Ilvermorny 
might actually be protected even more by it's it basically dug down to it, found it. Okay, let's build a cavern around it and let's not put any doors to the place. You have to do the equivalent of running into the uh, wall to get out of the place. <laughs> would they do physical or would it be all just magical wards that as soon as somebody comes through? Well, if it's an active archaeological dig, because on the, if, we, if it's a, it, it would be an active research project. There. Yes. Because, yeah. yes, they know where it goes. Thing is, they haven't found someone that can go through it yet. Ah. The, the wizards are the minority in this world. Yeah. Like a, one in 100,000? Yes. So you might have, in the entire magic-using community of this planet, one Fringeworthy. I wouldn't say there's that few. But well, it's one in 100,000. probably only a few magic-using fringe-worthy in each particular region. Well, how many... How many I, they um, don't mention it, but consider how this. many freaking... Consider how many nuggles there are. Well, there's 200... There's two and a half million people... No, two and a half billion people in, in the 1950s in the world. So far fewer... Fringeworthy. All right, let's do this then. Two point right, five billion in the nineteen fifties. Let's do this. Okay. Two point five billion. Okay, divided by one hundred thousand. About twenty five hundred. Twenty five thousand fringeworthy on this world. Yeah. Now, do we have a percentage on how many people are? There's never been a and a rough. I don't see it being a big number out of this 25,000. No. If there are five, that would be amazing. Yeah. They're not likely to find them anytime mm -hmm. soon. Especially if there is no crystal key on this world. So, yeah. I don't see a crystal key having been left here. So, if there was, it was lost long ago. Yeah. yeah. So, we have. I mean, the first thing they would discover is that they can't move the the warp, the port, the ring station. It's oh, not no, moving. They'd be trying every spell, and that portal would not budge. They try until until someone digs out from underneath it, then it drops down. <laughs> they and by this time they'll have had, depending on how long it's been since the portals were since the portals were found and this one being excavated, they'll have had their students throw everything short of the Unforgivables at it. And the Unforgivables would be? The Imperious Curse, the Cruciatus Curse, and the Killing Curse. So pretty much you don't power use... word kill. Yes. Avada Kedavra is basically power word kill. That yeah. would be the D&D <laughs> ninth level spell, power word kill. Okay. Yeah. You but don't use those on another yeah. human being. Well, yeah. Ever. Yeah. Though it wouldn't be students throwing those spells, though, because I think there's actually a line from the from either movie or from the book saying, "I'll stand here and, and say, ever, 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 cadaver at me, and it'll just tickle." Mean it. You have to mean it when you cast it. You have to want them to hurt. Yeah. So, but basically, you're committing first degree murder if you cast that spell because it's with malice and a forethought. Yeah. So here's a question: Was it was it was it completely buried or was it blocked? Because those are actually two different things. We're seeing it as We're the portal was generated as buried. Because remember, Blick said this a long time mm -hmm. ago that the portal placement on each world was just a massive algorithm. And they said, oh, "Yeah, port it here. If it's if it materializes and it happens to be underground or underwater, that's when the warp function kicks in." Yeah, and I and I disagreed with him at the time, saying is that you know things change over time. Rivers get moved, you know, mountains mountains fall down. Sometimes things end up, uh, you know, civilizations rise and appear at different places than where the portals were originally created. And so many oh, yeah, portals I mean, end up for, inside of caverns. Well, well, yeah, I mean, but for the purpose of this, for, we just for, said they're all buried. They're underground. You know, like New York City, it would be deep underground. It would just appear like an alley. Well, let's think about that. A thousand years ago, there was this war going on. They may have been buried on purpose. Well, 
I think the portals were created long before the thousand thousand years ago. Uh, yeah, uh, I I've seen different things throughout the various Fringeworthy books. Anywhere between a hundred thousand two hundred fifty thousand years ago, the portals yeah. generated throughout the multiverse. The Termellor did their big algorithm and just said, and the portals well, go in in the local region. I mean, it goes farther back. I mean, they've been doing it for two million years, or at least a million years, I think. But okay, um, so. I, yeah, these these portals would have been here long before the long before these particular schools would have been. Oh yeah, long before they learned to walk upright. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Probably yes. No, no, yes. Two, no. They were walking upright, but long before they had um, more than you food, you not food, in in their language. Oh no, that would uh, be let's see, hundred thousand years ago. That's still. <laughs> No, we had language, but language developed early. Trust me, I'm a, yeah. I'm a, I, I took very many classes, and I keep up with anthropology and archaeology. We had something like a language, probably not much more than what apes have right now, which is you right. food, you not food, you know, zug very zug you, don't zug zug you. Concepts, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, so we have the magical community on this world. And I mean, this would be already told to the what is the 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 um, governing body of these various schools and magic in general called again? Uh, the International Confederation of Wizards. They that would know the, that these portals exist. That is effectively the magical version of United Nations. Okay. Except so, marginally more effective. Oh, okay. <laughs> wow. Shots fired. All right. <laughs> So this magical government would know about these portals. They would know the location. They would probably want to hide them as well, put them under similar wards and similar alarms. Yes. And, of course, the Ilvermorny School would become the forefront of what we called non-magical portal research. There would probably be classes on it because, okay, we're going to a field trip. We're going to the portal and checking it out. Okay, students, cast your spells and tell me what you pick up. And, of course, it's the stuff that the instructor already knows. He's just seeing how well right. the students cast their spells. Uh, it, right. It is. Okay. And this Yeah. Generally, you'd have the older students doing this because... Something that detects through dimensions and whatnot... And dealing with all this, yeah, you you're not going to have first-year finger wheelers doing no, this. because first years still have very little control over over their own magic. They're still having outbursts of what they term accidental magic. Okay. Yeah. Also, I would imagine they also say do not cast. Are there any spells of the equivalent of magic missile? Oh, I'm sure there would be a force bolt that you just use to blast something. Uh, yeah, yes. I'm sure. Yeah. Oh, Do yeah. not shoot the portal. Well, no, remember, I thought we decided that it was only while Fringeworthy's in transit and you shoot at the portal, then the auto defense kicks in. There's still some old school old school folks out there where shooting the portal is just bad news. Yeah, Richard said in the Lay's Portal book that even shooting the platform does that. So, but don't, but I, I agree, Trav. I, we talked about it. We put it into the Bible that, you know, as far as I'm concerned, that's the truth. You know, we will. So, yeah. You're tra yeah. when a Fringeworthy is transitioning through and somebody fires at that portal as he's going through it, the defense is kicking because it's pretty Well, if they shoot at him. It's a defense mechanism. It's to, pretty much a D100 bolt of unspecified energy will hit the person shooting. Even if you were hiding behind something, it will go around or like, over and hit you. Yes. Go through. No, it'll, it'll burn through. Okay. So if you're sitting behind it, there will be a hole in the car. I mean, which means fringe pirates have these long cables attached to their belts. They step through. They're still transiting. Oh, that's yeah. We, we talked about this on the podcast. Yeah, that this was a this is a technique for setting up ambushes. You know, you get there, you act aggressive. Someone sh tries to shoot the fringe pirates, and the portals do take care of it, and they and the fringe pirates mop up the rest and go and and look for booty. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Okay, um, yeah. so we have the international. 
The International Confederation of Wizards. Okay, they know about the portals. They know where they are. They've set up wards to in case anybody comes through because they've all divined, hey, these portals all lead to this round platform with one bigger portal at one end of it. So they know, they may not know what fringe space is, but they know it's there. They know it goes somewhere that's not here. Yes, <laughs> and they would determine that it is an extra-dimensional pocket dimension. Oh, yeah. Well, Interstice. Pocket dimensions are very familiar because... So there there are wizards who... Because we discussed... We, I talked about this today. Dimensional-related spells are, are very familiar to those wizards. But because I, I asked Pixie, okay, what is the cosmology of this world? I said, is there an astral plane? And I was kind of blanking until he mentioned ethereal, like ghosts. And then the first thing that's popped into my head is nearly headless Nick. So there is an ethereal plane. Astral There's limbo. Plane, yeah. Astral planes are often confused with the dream stream. So there would be at least an astral and ethereal plane. And we kind of take it for granted that there are the four elemental planes, earth, fire, air, water. Actually, one thought crossed my mind. Yes. They have scrying, right? I wonder if scrying would be enough. Would be with magical scrying because magic works on both sides of that of that of that platform of that ring well, station. Yeah. Could they scry the other side? Uh, scrying, as far as D and D rules, I don't think goes extra dimensionally. Hmm. They would need to have a more specific portal. They would need to have a more specific spell, kind of like in the 3.5 Manual of the Planes, Analyze Portal, that would tell you, okay, this is what's on the other side of this portal that we've just detected. And we just said they're familiar with the idea of traveling to other places, which means there's probably some fixed portals to get you there easier. You know, we've done all the hard work for you. We've done the casting for you. Bang, here's the portal. Where's your ticket? Well, I, I would see that... <laughs> that there would be dimensional research, and so this non-magical portal research group based in Ilvermorny, excuse me, would just be a sub-branch of the full dimensional mm -hmm. oh, yeah. studies library. It okay. would be a sub-branch. But it does sound like, I'm sorry, go ahead. Because the whole dimensional studies is like, Places like Diagon Alley, um, King's Cross, Platform Nine and Three Quarters. Okay, yeah. Because those are all pocket dimensions and whatnot. Yeah, right. So, you know, okay, so yeah, them the fact that, but the fact though that it is not magical yet is still breaches dimensions. That is what both entices these sorcerers and, and kind of them. and scares the crap out of them. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. So. Yeah, John. So, so they'd be using like scry various scrying mirrors. So I imagine there would be several scrying mirrors in place in that, in in the chamber where they have the ring station. And there's people busy going, okay, how do we tweak this spell this way? Can you see what's on the other side now? Well, no, they would be making, they would have to make new spells to try to divine this new living construct's abilities. Mm-hmm. Because whatever they can't get with magic, they're going to say, okay, we need to... And, and the spell research libraries would be at Ilvermorny would just be going full till boogie day and night because they want to pick this right. thing apart. They know they can't destroy it. They'll throw everything they can at it. Okay, it is impervious to harm. Mm -hmm. you got to go... Like I said, they've thrown yeah. everything short of the unforgivables at it. Yes. They yeah. will throw those at another living being and because this is a living construct it counts as a living being it may not it be has human some intelligence. Yeah. in dnd not... terms it would probably have a a one or two intelligence I, right. I said, as i imagine one of those spells would probably make a crater and the thing would slowly settle into the crater afterwards <laughs> if they tried to blow up the ground yeah because remember we said that there's like a four foot area around the portal right. that that earth stays together intact uh -huh. it's like an anchor mm -hmm. so yeah they would sit there and blow that they'd, they'd hit it with a spell and it would it would because that it's like chunk of rock well, that would be work. stuck together 
<laughs> and they would also be noticing that somehow this this construct has the ability to keep that patch of ground intact around it to cement the portal. Yeah, which means they would probably build dig a ramp. Dig a ramp 25 foot wide, and it, 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 that means you can move it by digging underneath it and digging a ramp. I'm watching it slide. Oh, I don't, I don't know if they go that far. They probably just want to leave it there. They, and... they, they probably, after they figure out that they can't really destroy it and that this patch of ground around it stays intact, they're just going to leave it. Mm. And just research it there. I mean, and yeah. I'm just saying if, if, if they had need to move it, move it, move it down a little farther away so it's not so close to the surface. You know that would be an would be an option. Well, that's fine. It's still under. It's still going to be below ground level when they dig all that out and the ramp to go level. down to it. Ooh, that could be a failsafe. They could have some spell to sit there waiting to be triggered, and what it does, it blows a hole half a mile down. Bye bye. <laughs> I don't think they'd be that brutal about it. No, no, no! It would just float. It would just float down to the bottom. No, no, no! You, you're thinking too violent. Okay. Okay. I don't think these guys would do that. They just set up buttloads of protective wards and alarms. And okay, you're thinking Dark Lord, not School Uh, Headmaster. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Actually, what I'm thinking is that the the floor would have permanent magic circles inscribed into it with with, you know nice, lovely uh, exotic tiles, just to help keep those wards going for a long time. Because the better material. The, the longer lasting the wards would be. Oh no, they'd have all sorts of inscriptions all in that cavern ready to go. All sorts of runes of detection and oh yeah, and monitoring. If so much as dimensional flux tweaks a little, they'll go off because oh no, wait a minute, that dimensional it, flux kicks in that it, somebody's it, breaching the dimensional barrier. I eat somebody's come coming through. This is Bruce Sheffer saying there are a million million worlds out there, so go explore them. This is John Ryer saying keep your powder dry and keep those cards and letters coming in. This is Richard Tahoka. Wait till you see what's coming next. And this is Trav. There's a reason why it's called gaming. It's for having fun. Yo, brothers. This was the Tri-Tech Games Podcast. You know the drill. It's protected under the Creative Commons License 3.0. No commercial reproduction. No derivatives. And sucker, you best attribute this to the folks at TriTech Games. And if you don't, we'll be after your sorry butts. Cause we're some bad mothers. Hi, this is Trav from the Travcast. Listen to me Tuesday nights, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern on listen.dementiaradio.org colon 8027.